On today's show, I'm here with Adam Morris. We're going to go through starting our series. Big questions for every single team. We're going to hit the top half of the Eastern Conference. We're get it right here on Friday's Locked On NBA. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I got a question. Who did let the dogs out? <laughs> Welcome, you are locked on to the NBA. My name is Nick Angstead, host of the Locked On Mavericks podcast, and joining me, as always, on Friday, host of Locked On Nuggets from DNVR. What you got for me, Adam Morris? I'm deep into the offseason, baby. Deep into the offseason. <laughs> we're feeling it. The dog days, man. Yeah, definitely the dog days. You said we were doing the top of the East, and I just want to clarify, alphabetically. <laughs> okay. So when you hear the Charlotte Hornets and Detroit Pistons, do not mistake that for us saying they are the top of the Eastern Conference in 2022 yeah we're going around the league big questions for every single team like adam said we're going to go alphabetically so we'll start with the atlanta hawks we'll go all the way through the detroit pistons for this one so we'll go hawks celtics nets bulls Cavs, hornets and pistons in this episode let's start with the atlanta hawks my big question for the atlanta hawks what are the expectations last year Mm. this team goes to the eastern conference finals and now is that the standard for this team they basically bring the entire team back and they actually took two games off of the Bucks in that Eastern Conference final. So what are the expectations for this team now? I mean, you retain most of your players, most of your pieces. So for them, I think the, the thought should be let's build off of what we already did. You know, you're not missing any main pieces. You got Lou Williams back. Obviously, Trey Young John, and John Collins extended. So I think that you look at, uh, at last season and say the top of the East still has the same guys you're sort of punching up against the Nets the Bucks and the 76ers. Miami enters the fray, I think, once again, so they're there. But you look at even Miami, even Philadelphia, and whoever else is contending for that, you know, that second-tier status out there, and I think you look at it and say, we're the team that has proven to be able to rise above uh, and, and win that tier of, of, of team. So I think that the Atlanta Hawks should absolutely think to repeat on what they did last year and maybe have a puncher's chance at, at going even further. It's so interesting looking at this team, and it's such a, like you said, they brought back pretty much everybody. Their their team is almost exactly the same. Uh, A couple pieces around the edges here and there, but the the Hawks will probably get better just internally based on their their young players. Trey Young should get better. Bogdanovich should still be getting better. Herter, Hunter, Collins, you know, uh, Clint Capella even. Like, these guys are all still young and developing, should all get better, but did they get better enough compared to the rest of the, the league, like, or the rest of the conference? Like you said, the Sixers were the best in the, in the East last year, and they you know should probably still be back up there. It depends on what happens with Ben Who Simmons. Who knows? I don't know what their roster is, but yeah, yeah maybe. Depends on what happens with them. The Brooklyn Nets only had eight games of, of, of right, the of the right. big three, so we'll talk about them in a minute. Uh, the Bucks will still be back there. The Heat, like you said, should, should be much better than last year. And then you start looking around, you're like, okay, well, are they just going to be back up? Do they get home court advantage in the playoffs? Do they, you know, but then... Once they get there, they're expected to make the playoffs. Now, if they miss the playoffs, that's a complete disaster of a season. And now it just turns to how far can they make it in the playoffs? And a lot of these teams just got better. Right. I do think you're right about the continuity and about a lot of the players getting better. Um, you know, even just more familiar with each other. Atlanta clearly a better team by the end of the last season than they were at the beginning. The flip side of that, if we want to play devil's advocate, would be sometimes you get a new coach, you get some new players in there and everybody's is feeling great you get that you catch that lightning in a bottle and now everybody's gunning for you 
Now the coach yelling about how important defense is gets a little more tired. <laughs> uh, you know, October, November roll around. You're thinking, hey, we know how long the season is. We don't have to care. So maybe they lose a little bit of the enthusiasm from last year. But if th- that's just me playing devil's advocate, I fully expect that this team gels and uh, continues to be, like I said, one of the fourth, fifth, sixth best team in the East with a puncher's chance against the teams ahead of them. Let's move on to the Boston Celtics. My big question for them is, were the changes enough? This Boston Celtics team had been used to being up there at the top of the East. They had gotten to Eastern Conference Finals. They were, you know, looked at as a perennial, you know, how close were they to finals a couple of times there when they right. got to the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, they make a coaching change with Ime Odoka. Obviously, Brad Stevens moves into that front office role instead of being a coach now. Uh, they're returning players. They have some of the similar faces. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Robert, uh, Robert Williams will stay. They got a bunch of those young guys. Can any of those guys turn into anything? Langford, Neesmith, Carson Edwards, Peyton Pritchard. And then they add some veterans. They add, you know, Dennis Schroeder is is there now, which is a wild one that you think about uh, his whole journey. Al Horford is back, Josh Richardson, and Ennis Cantor. So that's sort of their team now. Are these changes enough for them to get back up to where they want to be? I think a lot of this hinges. I mean, there's a lot of X factors for them. You mentioned the new coach. Um, you know, that's a pretty big X factor, but I think the biggest one for them is going to be the fit of Dennis Schroeder. I mean, he's mm. in a contract season. I know he just got one. The big story of the off season was how much money he sort of missed out on. Well, now you go into this one year deal and you look at it and say, okay, is this a chance? If, you, if you're Schroeder, you looking at this saying, man, I just left 70, $80 million on the table. This is my chance to now prove it. And next year get one. And how does that affect the rest of the team? Cause you know, he's the number one point guard. You've already got established pecking orders there, at least prior to the season. You got Tatum, Jalen Brown; those are the guys. So does Schroeder throw off that chemistry? Do things? Is it with a new coach? Is that a lot to juggle? I look at I look at the Celtics. I mean, look, this is the season of volatility for twenty of the thirty teams in the NBA this year. But I think they are one of those teams that you look at and say could be good. Talents there, but there's a lot of things that could go sideways with this group. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Dennis Schroeder is definitely, I think, the X factor for them because there's only three guys on the team that can get their own shot in, in Tatum, Brown, right. and then Dennis Schroeder, too. He's going to be relied upon a lot. That was one of their big problems last year. The team, a player just couldn't get their own shot when, when Kemba wasn't right, when he wasn't firing on all cylinders. Then all of a sudden, they were just relying on those two guys, Tatum and Brown, so much to create offense. And so Schroeder is absolutely going to be huge for them. Uh, I've, I've got my eye on Peyton Pritchard too. Mm. Um, you know, I don't know that he's going to be a guy that makes it, you know, makes a huge impact, but he's a guy that you just look at the depth chart. They're probably going to be relying on him a little bit. And is he ready to sort of make that leap and will be a positive impact player? I'm guessing it's like most second year players. It's probably a slow start. He'll be a better player by March than he is in October, but he's another one. You look at Schroeder, you look at him. There's just a lot riding on on those guys sort of running the teams in the first and second unit, and they're big question marks. What did you think about the return of, of Marcus Smart to that contract? It always seems like he's in trade rumors. Yeah. It always seems like he's going to be traded like the, just this next day. But now that's their core. Their, their core is now Tatum, Brown, Smart, and then I guess uh, you know Robert Williams, probably Time Lord, is probably part yeah. of their core now. Yeah, maybe even Grant Williams could be a part of that. I, I, I mean, yeah. I don't know. It depends on how you look at him, but – you're right. If you would have gone back in time in 2019 and said uh, Marcus Smart still on the Celtics two, three years from now, <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, wow, no way. Uh, he just had been so many trade rumors. But, you know, he's back and he does bring some of that continuity. If he was gone, it might have brought even more volatility to a, a first-year coach. So yeah. at least they have the continuity factor uh, in place. 
and and a general talent factor that should be enough to make them you know a secure playoff team. This team also was the most ravaged by I think COVID. Uh, I think the Mavericks were second, and then the, the Celtics were number one. So they're not going to finish 500 again, right? They're going to be right. back up there. We just talked about the Hawks and what are their expectations. The Celtics should be should be back up there towards the top. Uh, maybe not the you know the top three or whatever like that. Where do you find? Where do you think that they're going to be finishing? In the East? Celtics? Yeah. I mean, I still don't. I would not put them in that top three category where you have you know the 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 yeah, 76ers no. and the Nets and the and the Bucks. So they're in that second tier along with Atlanta, along with Miami. Um, and, and I just don't know where I would slot them amongst those teams. Even the Knicks, they're all kind of the same to me. We'll see who gets the momentum going into the playoffs. Yeah, that's going to be be really, really interesting. Uh, coming up, let's get into some of these other teams, the Nets, the Bulls, some big questions for those teams. We'll talk about them. But before we do, let me tell you about betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to put some money down on sports. Go there, and they've got football. So much football going on right now. Uh, you feeling good about your Denver Broncos? Um, no, <laughs> not really. <laughs> not really at all. The Denver Broncos, you can go bet on them right now if you want to. Uh, I don't feel bad enough to tell people to bet against them, though. That's the problem. They're <laughs> going to be exactly as mediocre as they're projected. <laughs> Two and a half point favorite over the New York Giants in their opener. Let's go, baby. <laughs> Put some money down on that if you're feeling good about that. The Dallas Cowboys are seven and a half point underdog against the champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So those are our two uh, market teams. Go check out that. Any Anything else you want to put money down, you can. Use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get a bonus with your deposit. you get 100%, 50% bonus with your deposit. So go there. Bet online. You're online sportsbook experts. Also, does this, does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game, another one that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you're all just – it's just limited to so many different things. You have one device for this thing, one device for this thing. You're watching uh, all this and you have your, your neighbors log in for something else on some other device. Well, I have to tell you that something that makes it so simple to get all that entertainment that you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get it all together. It's called Direct TV Stream and it brings your TV live and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device again and have one thing connected to one thing and another thing connected to another. It can all be together with Direct TV Stream. Get rid of the clutter and the confusion. It's your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn about it more at directtv.com. Again, directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right, Adam Mares, let's get into some more of these teams. We're asking big questions about every single team. We're starting with the, the top half alphabetically of the Eastern Conference. But here is the top team in the Eastern Conference, the Brooklyn Nets. To me, the only question is, I mean, we could talk about injuries and all that. Are they the runaway favorites? That's the, that's the big question for this team. I think they're easily the runaway favorites. And look, the Lakers are, are going to be an interesting one, although they have more question marks, but... You still you look at the depth chart here. You know Kyrie, James Harden, Kevin Durant. That that alone is like okay, this is ridiculous. But you round it out with Blake Griffin, Joe Harris. You add Patrick, uh, Patty Mills. That's really interesting. You even get Paul Millsap, who's just like perfect for that team. He's going to yeah. do his job. He's going to defend. He's going to rebound. He's not going to step outside the lines. They even get like a third string defender in Javon Carter, which when you have a bunch of shooting like they will around yeah. the perimeter, you can afford to have a point guard who can't really create or shoot. So, yeah, to me, I look at them and I just think they are so loaded with scoring talent 
that I don't know if there's a defense out there that's going to be able to stop them. And they have a couple of different types of dynamic players, like a Patty Mills who, okay, now you're going to have to have somebody who can contain on the perimeter in addition to guarding Kevin Durant and James Harden and Kyrie Irving. So just way, way too much firepower that I think they have to be the heavy favorite. Yeah, they still have a weird spot at center with with Blake Griffin and, and Nick Claxton. DeAndre Jordan seems like he's on his way out, but that's almost not even a problem as long as you have all those guys, right? They're the ultimate. If you have enough offense, your defense almost doesn't even matter what it is. Uh, they're the same team, plus those two veterans you mentioned, Patty Mills, Paul Millsap. Then they add two young guys, Cam Thomas, who looked incredible in summer league scoring just all over the right. place. What is he going to learn from some of these guys in training <laughs> camp and through the season? Like, jeez. Uh, then Dayron Sharp is another interesting guy they added. And I'll, I'll mention this again because it's maybe the stat going into the season. Eight games. The Nets only had eight games where Durant, Harden, and Kyrie all played together in the regular season last year. That is just insane to me. And they're still second in the East. I mean, I was just thinking, my question, are they the runaway favorite in the East? You, you, I think you took it the, the next level. Are they the runaway to your favorites to win the title? And, and that's probably true, too. I mean, I just have to. In fact, I think we're kind of playing a game right now, if you want to know the truth, Nick. Like, I think I think we're doing that thing where we're ignoring the big story that's, like, hanging over our heads. We're like, hey, excited for the season. What's going <laughs> to happen? Should we have a Nets index? <laughs> I think we should. Yeah, exactly. I think we're just like, wait, so the Nets barely lost to the eventual champs last year without two of their main guys. Yeah, they'll, they, and they got better around the edges. Yeah, they're probably going to steamroll everybody this year, and it might actually, it might actually get a little boring by January. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm being a doomsdayer, but you look at that depth chart. I just, I don't see anybody beating them. It's just hard because they had so many injuries last year. I mean, James yeah. Harden only played 36 games for them. Kyrie 54, Kevin Durant 35. I mean, that's out of 72 games, except for everybody except for Harden. You start looking at that, and you're like. Can you trust any of them to, to stay on the floor? Can you trust any of them to stay healthy? And uh, that's a hard question to answer. But when they are together and then you get Joe Harris and you get uh, the rest of that team we just mentioned, it's just it's unfair for <laughs> pretty much everybody else. You, there's nobody that can guard that whole team. Let me ask you, because I just said that I think they're going to be heavy favorites. Do you think that we'll know early with them? Is this a team that's going to sleepwalk through the regular season and guys are in or out? Or do you think this will be a thing we get to Christmas and they're five games ahead of everybody else in the NBA? Man, uh, I think they'll look like they'll probably look like the favorite, but it's so hard to know, especially with the injuries. They may have them sit a bunch of games and have them rest a bunch of games. Uh, they're the favorite on bet online, but not by much. Uh, right. And that's plus 260 to win the title. The Lakers plus 325, which is inflated because of the Lakers and then the Bucks plus 900 after them. So that actually, actually that is a pretty big distance. If you give the Lakers a little love because they're the Lakers, right. just anything betting they're going to get inflated. Uh, so yeah, I think they're going to run away with it and they, they should have a massive season, but do, like none of these guys have anything to prove in a regular season. They're not going to go do what the Bucks did a couple years ago or what the, the Jazz just did where they're like, we're going hard every single night in the regular season and we're going to win all the games and we're going to go on like a, you know, 70 win pace or something like that. It yeah, just don't seem like I, they care about that. Uh, man, I don't know. I think they will this year. This is my prediction. I think the Nets are going to try to send some messages this year. Not too dissimilar to how the 73-win Warriors did when they would get rolling and they just would not let teams off the hook. Up 20, we're not going to stop shooting threes. We're going to go up 30. I think the Nets are going to be like that this year in the regular season when healthy. And there's going to be pockets where marquee games, national television, you think, ooh, Heat, Nets, here we go. Let's see who how they stack up. They don't. And then they just yeah. blow the <laughs> doors off. 
which of these uh, role players are you are you more interested in? Uh, Harris, Blake Griffin coming back on that deal. Bruce Brown, who's like can play center, but he's like six, six five for them. Uh, they, have, they brought James Johnson in. It was kind of interesting. You mentioned Javon Carter, Cam Th- Cam Thomas to me. That's just like all of a sudden th- those three of those guys are going to go off the floor and Harden, Kyrie, and Durant. They're going to bring in Cam Thomas, and he's just going to like shoot as many shots as he can. It's an interesting spot for Cam Thomas to to land because he is a one-on-one player. Yeah. And they're going to be in a system where it's like, okay, I get to play some one-on-one and do this or that. I just – with the depth chart, I, I don't think that they're necessarily interested in bringing a rookie along, so I don't know how he sneaks in. I think the guy I look at there that's most interesting to me is Patty Mills. He's just yeah. – he's a really good player, and he's a real, he's a he's a pain. He full court presses defensively, and then offensively, he's just quick. He's shifty. He could shoot that that three. He jumps really far forward naturally, not trying to draw fouls, just naturally on his three. I think he's like a, a guy that just makes them so much harder because he requires a specific type of defender. And yeah, I, I, he's the most interesting. Let's move on to the Charlotte Hornets. The Charlotte Hornets are uh, an interesting, super young team, obviously. Last season, they made it to the, the play-in game and then just got absolutely destroyed in that play-in game. They were just a little under 500. The big question for me is, can Melo take him to the playoffs? Can they can they make that next step? Can they take that next level? Uh, last year in the, play on, in the play-in game, LaMelo was 4 of 14 from the field, 4 assists, 4 turnovers, and he was a minus 35 in that game against Indiana. Like that is that just game, a, that game's a bit of an anomaly. I mean, sure, was, sure, for real. But but it, they just got smashed in the like smacked in the face in that game. Can uh, they come back and can they you know I mean use that as motivation or can they just take it to the next level where they're actually higher in the play in to where they're not you know getting destroyed by one of these teams? I don't. I you know, and it's not that I'm low on them. I just think they were a team that we see this a lot where a, t- a young team everything kind of breaks right for them in terms of. You know, it's a little bit of a down year at the bottom of the playoffs in the East last year. They, they're the team right there on the fringe. You feel good about them. I think they're a 500 team again this year. Uh, LaMelo Ball, maybe a little bit more, you know, he, he might make a, a bigger leap now. Second year, he might be a little bit better. Miles Bridges, I think the most interesting player for me on that team. We'll see if he has a big leap in him. But I don't love, I mean, you look at the shooting. You look at the spacing. You look at uh, just some of the like, okay, who are your go-to guys? You got Lamelo. You got Gordon Hayward. I don't really know. I I just don't know Rogier. if you have enough talent, uh, in in my mind, to really push up into that that second tier we were talking about with your Miamis. Yeah, so, so I see them as I see them as a five hundred team too, which would be a six game improvement from last year for them. Uh, they only had forty four games with Gordon Hayward, and he didn't finish the season, so that's kind of a big thing that hung over them. Only had Melo for fifty one games, so he missed twenty one games there. That's a big uh, that's a big yeah. loss for them as well. So. They could be a team that maybe sneaks in and is like, you know, a, like knocking on the door of a seven or eight. And we're like, dang, where did that, where did this Hornets team come from? It's just sheer, you know, injuries from last season. Yeah. And you're replacing basically Devontae Graham with Ish Smith, uh, Mason Plumlee. Cody oh, book Zeller. Knight. I mean, book Knight a little bit. And, and book and sure. And book Knight. Um, it's just, those are like lateral moves. I really do think this is the same team as last year and progress speaking, is low. speaking of lateral moves, they went from Cody Zeller to Mason Plumley. Is that, yeah. is that, is that it's as pretty lateral? lateral. It's pretty lateral. <laughs> I might like Zeller a little bit more, to be honest with you. I don't know. They're pretty even actually. Yeah, <laughs> one of them's probably better than the other. I, I'm, I'm not sure which one it is. I'm pretty sure <laughs> Zeller, Zeller is better, but 
Yeah, and they have they have these young guys too, like you said, Book Knight. What is what does he bring to this team? Uh, Lamelo, can he take another step forward? They got JT Thor. Can he pop early? Uh, or he, Look, Kai, yeah. Kai Jones, can he be a guy that you know realizes his potential in the NBA and it's easier for him than college was? We don't. They're another team that's in that third tier that I do think will make it up into the second tier, but it's not Charlotte. I think Charlotte remains in that sort of third mm. tier out, out east. Interesting. All right, coming up, we got three more teams we're going to get to today. The Bulls, Cavs, and Pistons. We'll talk about them coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about rockauto.com. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. They've been with us for a long time because they're reliable, dependent, and so are we at the Lockdown Podcast Network. Rock Auto is just as dependable. Go there. Save time and money using rockauto.com. Why would you want to spend 30, 50, 100% more for the same parts you could get at a chain store or a car dealership, you can just get them at rockauto.com. Go there. Their uh, their catalog is remarkably easy to navigate. Explore their easy-to-use website today. Find the solutions for your auto part needs. Go check it out. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Just search through that, and then if you find something, write Locked On in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Also, I want to tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They're absolutely delicious, and they just keep coming out with new stuff. One of the things I love about Built Bar, they're always innovating, always trying new stuff. They have these protein balls now. They're vegan. If you've been pushing this off because I'm vegetarian or I'm vegan, I can't have this stuff, then boom, all of a sudden, you can have this. This is a new product that you can have. Coconut almond protein ball has 10 grams of protein. It's gluten, grain, and dairy-free. Go get them. Check it out. Again, they also have all the bars that we love. Mint brownie, always solid, raspberry, cherry barcia. Great stuff at Built Bar. Use the promo code LOCKED15, LOCKED15, to get 15% off your next next order at BuiltBar.com. All right, Adam, Mara, I love how you didn't even mute. Just, 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 Just went for it. Just went for it, man. Natural. (laughs) <laughs> All right, let's move on to the, the uh, Chicago Bulls. They just went for it as well. Speaking of going for it, the Chicago Bulls, my big question for them, was it all worth it? <laughs> so I said there was a team that was in Tier 3. I'm moving up to t- Tier 2. Mm. It's the Chicago Bulls. I yeah. think we're going to do it. Now, here's what's interesting about them. They still have to fill out the roster. They still have a couple spots uh, available, and they actually have some real needs in their front court. But if we just start with the starting unit, Lonzo Ball, Zach Levine, I love that backcourt. That's great. I yeah. love the way those two pieces fit. You yep. get DeMar DeRozan, okay, he can score. He's a vet. He's been around. Patrick Williams, I really like his upside. I think this could be a big year for him, playing alongside guys that all know what they're doing, all can pass, all that can create, so he can be a finisher. And then, of course, Vucevic. Uh, I love that starting five. I think that's a really good starting five. There's questions on that second unit we can talk about, but – for me, that's a starting five that is worthy of being up there in that second tier out east. And there's guys that you can plug and play with, with the, the bench unit. Sometimes in the in the off season and then coming up to the season, we talk about starting units and bench units like they're just right. one individual unit. But they're going to be plugging right. and playing these guys. Like Zach Levine, he's going to maybe defer a little bit to DeRozan. And then if he is in the second unit, he can take over. DeMar DeRozan, same exact thing. Lonzo Ball can do a, a little bit here and there. Vooch can be a go-to guy if maybe he becomes part of the, the second unit as well. So And then Kobe White coming off the bench. He's going to be able to, to get buckets and all that. Uh, the defense is probably still a, a question with Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan as your two wings. 
That's a, that's a, and, and Vooch is your center. That's going to be a big question for this whole team. But was it all worth it? How will it all fit together is a really interesting thing. The only, they're only returning four or a couple players here. Levine, right. Vooch, Kobe White, Patrick Williams, and then... Archie Dacano, Troy Brown, and Javante Green, the only like three end of the bench players for him. But so those four players that I mentioned at the top are the only real ones returning for them. The bringing in DeRozan, Lonzo Ball, Alex Caruso, Derek Jones Jr., and then the rookie Ao Desumu. Uh, it's, a, it's a lot. It's a lot to integrate all at once. It's a lot for Billy Donovan to try and uh, piece together and try and figure out how it's all going to work. And the pecking order will be important. You know, I think Zach Levine is probably their best player, pretty clearly, but. Or, Vucevic, I mean, is different, but you go beyond that, like DeMar DeRozan, Lonzo, Patrick Williams, Kobe White. That's there. I don't know if there's a clear hierarchy out there and even a leadership hierarchy. You know, who's the leader of this team? Yeah. Um, th- those are questions that I think could derail their season, but I just think the talent and fit of the roster as assembled, you mentioned it's all new pieces. They needed new pieces. They weren't good. <laughs> you got to retool when you're not a good team. Uh, but the other question I have for them is you look at that bench, Kobe White and Alex Caruso. I actually like how those two guys fit as well. You get some defense, you get some offense, okay, it works. I like Derek Jones Jr. as a versatile defender. I like the way he he plays defense, but he does make it hard for you to fill out the rest of your front court just because of his lack of scoring ability. And they don't really have – now you're talking about Tony Bradley, Troy Brown. Like, I don't know where you go in that front court. I've heard rumors that maybe they're connected to Jared Vanderbilt, who – uh, Arturis Karnasovas drafted when he was in Denver, so maybe they go after a player like that. But that second they, unit, they're rumored to have Millsap. Guys. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. They were rumored to, to be connected to Millsap. They're looking for that player, and they didn't get him. And Millsap would have been a great fit there. I mean, yeah. Millsap, I'm sure at this point of his career, had to choose championship in Brooklyn, or you know, <laughs> you're still helping rebuild in Chicago. Um, so I understand that decision, but I, I that's the one thing that I think is going to get ugly for them. I can see them having one of the better starting five-man lineups, but the staggered units, and especially if there's any injuries to that starting front court, you get really, really thin uh, in the guys behind them. Yeah, uh, an injury to Vooch, Tony Bradley's your starting center, uh, all, of, all of a sudden it just like all falls apart, it seems like. They might go to tier four. <laughs> they might go <laughs> the wrong direction. All right, moving on to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Big question for them. Do they have a star? Do we know that they have somebody to build around? Somebody that is going to be the focal point for this team. They have their four youngest players are probably the four players you're looking at for this. Mobley, Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, and then even Isaac Okoro I'd throw in there. Those are the four youngest players on the team. And one of those guys has to emerge as a star. I mean, if they don't this year, then they'll just retool and try try again next year for it. But uh, one of those guys, if they can emerge as a star, that's a big thing for this team. I think there's exactly one star on this Cavs roster, and it is Evan Mobley, the newest one. And he's a ways away. I think he'll have a fun rookie season, but he's a ways away from being a star. This is going to be very much a learning experience for him. Sexton, Garland, Okoro, those guys are good. I, I think they're interesting players. But I don't – I mean, we've seen what, what how far they've been able to take the Cavs so far. By the way, this entire roster, go top to bottom, all young. You've got Kevin Love, who's just kind of sitting there, and then you got Ricky Rubio – um, but outside of that, it's nothing but uh, – I guess there's Jared Allen as well. Outside of that, though, you're talking about, what, 25, 26 and under? So this yeah. is a very it's young, young roster. I think it's more about Evan Mobley than it is about any other player on the roster, um, and they're just going to be bad. They're going to be a fun, bad team. It's fun to have all these young guys. It's fun to have a bunch of dudes with potential, like you said. They're all super, super young. How does the front court shape out? They got Lowry Markkinen. 
Even I mean, I, I even think he has some potential. He's not going to be a star player probably, but he has some potential to be something else in, in Cleveland. You're buying was... Lowry market. I love this. You're the one guy left, I think, that is that is still buying Lowry. I mean, he might be. He's going to be something. I... <laughs> He's not going to be an all-star. for him because he does get in some ways to reset with a team with low expectations, which is probably exactly the only situation he could have really gone to and, and had success, but – he, he's going to, if he makes it, it's going to be a surprise to me personally, just with how rough his career has started. But you mentioned, we mentioned them being fun. Here's the question I have. They have been rebuilding for what, three years now, three, four years. And I think that they are, I guess it's three. I think that their rebuild really begins now because now they have a cornerstone piece and, and Evan Mobley. So sometimes when you've been in rebuild mode for so long, it could be hard to accept. Okay. Now we're in the real rebuild. And I just wonder if Cleveland has the patience to build that team properly, given that they're already in four, year four of the rebuild. Yeah, that, that's going to be really interesting. Speaking of patience, the story that I think we're going to hear the most about is Kevin Love. What's Kevin Love going to do? He doesn't want to buy out. He's going to stay there. Is he even going to play? It, that's a that's a really interesting one going into the season, I think, from an outsider's perspective. Are we sure he's good? No. I mean, that's the thing about Kevin Love is he's got a lot of money coming his way. He's in a situation where he's clearly not going to allow himself to be bought out. I, he hasn't shown that he's a great player. This is going to sound like a hot take because I think Kevin Love was at one point obviously a fantastic player. Minnesota. The NBA really changed in the mid, you know, 2014, 2015. And this was exactly when he was putting up all-star numbers and doing all these things. And I just wonder if the league has sort of moved into what he was good at so that what he was good at is less rare and more solvable than it was five six years ago in addition to the injuries and the age and everything else that has happened to him since then yeah like a big guy that can shoot and rebound you're like ooh, like like 10 years ago that was like an incredible thing and now there's just like guys all over the place that can basically Antich was playing real minutes for a 60 win team it was like (laughs) oh wow how zany is this a a big guy who could shoot the three this is wild yeah and now there's just so many of them. I mean, you kind of have to like they're like Carl Anthony Towns was just like a glimmer, and now he's right. he's a well, just one of the others, right? Like right. Embiid, Jokic, uh, even throw Porzingis in there, guys that can shoot yeah. and rebound. There's a bunch of them all over the place now. Uh, all right, moving on to our last team here, the Detroit Pistons. Detroit basketball. My big question for them: What is NBA Cade? What does NBA Cade look like? What is he? You know, right away, I think. The first two months into the season, we'll know, okay, this is this is going to take a little longer of a rebuild, or boom, all of a sudden, if he pops right away, he's 40% three-point shooter and making plays and doing all that kind of stuff, looking good on defense as well. Then we're saying, okay, this team could be getting somewhere pretty quick here. Yeah, I mean, pretty quick as in two, three years, I think, yes. Yeah, and, uh, it's the difference between like two years and like five years. <laughs> well, it's funny because how people talked about Detroit last year and, oh, look at the, you know, but you look at it, there's Jeremy Grant. I like Isaiah Stewart as a young like workhorse center. Mm-hmm. Obviously love Cade coming in. I think he's going to have an incredible season. Sadiq Bey's interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I, Killian Hayes is interesting. I just don't think this is a very good team. No. And I'm so curious to see, is Jeremy Grant long for Detroit? Meaning, is he part of the plans? Because he's obviously a very good player. He's been the centerpiece. Maybe he's just the guy that he's like Mason Plumley. He goes to the teams where the, when they're rebuilding, he gets to be the star during a rebuild, but you're really not part of the long-term plan. So Detroit, they're like Cleveland. It's going to be a fun year. I just don't think they're going to be very good. 
Yeah, is he just a bridge the gap type guy? Yeah. He's, he's To me, there's so many parallels to this, but he feels like Harrison Barnes in Dallas. Sure. Right? Like Harrison Barnes I, came. Honestly, yeah, that's a good comp. Yeah, Harrison Barnes comes to Dallas, and he's like there with Dennis Smith Jr. and Yogi Ferrell and like the end of Dirk, and they're just trying to figure out what's the next thing. Luka comes, and the Mavericks are like, Harrison Barnes is ISOing way too much and taking the ball away from Luka. We need right. to get this guy out of here. They trade him for almost literally nothing. The biggest trade exception of, of all time at that point, Justin Jackson, and then uh, five seconds of, of Zach Randolph. That's, that's <laughs> what they traded him for, basically. And uh, and now now he's you know in maybe trade for Ben Simmons in Sacramento. But, but yeah, I, I think that it could go one of those two ways. Now, it seemed like and, – and there's so many parallels because Jeremy Grant wanted to go to Detroit and wants to be there, it seems. Harrison Barnes loved being in Dallas, embraced being in <laughs> Dallas. Like, both those things are – there's a lot There's a lot of parallels, though. Both got paid a little bit more than everybody thought they were going hey, to. <laughs> I, I was going to say, man, there. if you are not a star or superstar player, looking around and being that guy that just goes like, hey, I'll go to the rebuild and be the yeah. high-paid player, like – that's a that's a sweet spot to be in, man. I think Mason Plumley has done this a few times now, where it's like, hey, you're gonna overpay for me because you have a bunch of rookies, and I'm gonna teach them how to be pros, and I'm gonna make sure we're respectable. Hey guys, I was on Team USA with Coach K. Exactly, it's a good gig. You get overpaid when you do that. It's a good gig. Yeah, he went Brooklyn, Portland, and then Denver, and then Detroit, and now he's going to, uh, to what Charlotte. Yeah, so, all rebuilds. He just keeps going. It's like, hey, yeah. I'll keep a young Charlotte team. Sure, I'll take them under yeah. my wing. I got them. <laughs> Great stuff. There you go. That's the big questions for all those teams. We're going to keep this up. We're going to push back our power rankings for a couple weeks here as we go through the offseason. We're going to go through some of these teams. We'll get through every single team on Friday. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked on NBA. Listen to Locked on Mavs. Listen to Locked on Nuggets. Great stuff all throughout the offseason. Training camp is like four weeks away. We are not that far from it just sneaking up on us so we'll be back guys thanks so much for listening to lockdown nba boom